Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today is podcast number 1939. The topic is in-depth and the title is How to Create a More Toned Look. So I get this request quite often and so do my clients. (laughs) Uh, Over half of my clients are personal trainers and today's podcast stemmed from a conversation with one of those trainers. They wanted to have kind of an in-depth approach on what they would do with clients who have that goal. So I decided to make it a podcast to answer their questions, but then also I thought it'd be fun that any other trainer or anyone who wants this goal will be able to follow the the same instructions. So I love the podcast for that reason because, uh, well, before the podcast, I would often have to type out the same answer over and over again to clients, and I got tired of doing that. (laughs) And then also, um, when I would send something to somebody, I'm like, man, this is such good information. I wish other people had access to this. So that was the impetus, uh, impetus, I think it's impetus, (laughs) for the podcast was uh, just a way to help more people. Uh, So what I want to go through is... First of all, when people say they want a toned look, this is actually not only females. I have males that ask for this as well, um, just because the the aesthetic preference they have might not be a, a big muscular physique. Maybe they have a small frame. They, they like more of a, a athletic or smaller type uh, body structure, but they want to be lean. They want to be toned. They want to be able to see some muscles but not be overly muscular. They want to be lean but not overly lean. And that is typically what I hear when people say they want a toned look is they want to be able to see their muscles, which means we have to actually build them. <laughs> uh, they don't know that part, but they want to be able to see their muscles. And that involves the muscles being big enough to be seen, but then also that we're lean enough so there's not so much fat over top of the muscle that we can actually see the muscle. But we don't want to be like overly veiny and like get rid of all of the fat. So they're wanting this what feels like an in-between. They want to build some muscle, but not too much. They want to be lean, but not too lean. And that can be kind of like a it's interesting in the sense that uh, just like I wanted to like kind of take away the veil, like look into the details and like actual truth of of this goal today. So I'm going to say some things that uh, I don't know how they're going to come across, but I just want to say them. Is it, it's funny to hear this as a trainer and as someone who has trained their entire freaking life to gain a ton of muscle and get lean as hell. <laughs> and I have helped so many people do that. I've helped people earn uh, pro cards in aesthetic sports, whether it's IFBB pros or natural pros, like tested pros. I've helped people with, who are models. Uh, I've helped just athletes change their body composition in order to be better for sports. So for example, in, in female swimming, there's a certain amount of body fat that's appropriate and we need it for buoyancy. Where if they're too lean, then actually it's going to mess up their buoyancy. So there are athletes who we have to control body fat kind of like an in-between level or muscle tissue in an in-between level. There's a lot of nuances and fun, which is why I love what I do, is to why people might want some muscle but not too much or want to be lean but not too lean. And what I'm getting to, in a very long way, is it it doesn't happen overnight. Like, you're not going to wake up one day and be like, holy crap, oh darn, I have too much muscle. 
or holy crap, oh darn, I have too many veins today. I'm, I'm just way too lean today. What the hell happened? You're not going to do that. <laughs> and the reason why I'm laughing a little bit is when somebody says, I don't want to be too big, I'm like, don't worry. <laughs> it isn't going to happen so damn fast that you're going to like blow past where you wanted to be. You're not going to wake up, you know, five pounds of muscle heavier every single day and then say, oh, crap, I wish I hadn't got this muscular. It happens so slowly. It is unfortunately slow. (laughs) So what ends up happening is when people want a toned look, we actually have to train for muscle growth and fat loss. So I would train them just like I would train a bodybuilder. Now, there are going to be differences in intensity levels, differences in exercise selections, but in the aspect in which it's the same is you're training for muscle growth and fat loss. Now, this means we're also eating for it as well. So we're training and eating for muscle growth and fat loss. Now, for some of the clients who want to have a toned look, their strength is an issue. If they're not very strong, they can't produce enough muscular stress during the resistance movements. So therefore, they're not going to get that muscle growth and that muscle shape change that they're looking for. So we actually have to train them for strength. So some of the clients, if they want a more toned look, we have to train them for strength, muscle growth, and fat loss. What's what's interesting is 99.999% of the people I see, they're going to be training for the exact same thing. We're going to have every freaking goal under the sun. But people want it. How they achieve that goal is going to come from some degree of strength training, some degree of muscle growth training, and some degree of training and eating for fat loss. There have been times where I've trained people to actually lose muscle tissue. Um, The most common case has been females post college sports. They have really thick thighs, they have a muscular lower body, and they're like, ah, you know, I'm not going to play with my sport forever. I kind of feel bottom heavy now that I'm not athletic. I don't really have a reason for all this muscle. Can I take some of it off? So I actually would not train them for muscle growth. We're actually training for muscle loss. But most people, when they see me, that's what we're going to be going for is strength, muscle growth, and fat loss. It's just how we do it is different. So for example, if you're somebody who wants a more toned look, and there's an article or a podcast or a video that talks about strength training, you actually want to check that out. If there's an article, a podcast, or a video about muscle growth, you actually want to check that out. It's not only fat loss. You have to actually have muscle to see muscle. And we naturally aren't just born with muscles. Now, obviously we are. (laughs) Otherwise, we quit moving our bones around. But what I mean is we're not born with the typical muscle sizes and shapes and balances that when we look at somebody who's, who has a toned look, you're like, ooh, I really like the way they look. You might like the shape of their thigh and the size of the glute. Maybe the narrowness of the waist. Maybe they have some nice kind of round bumps maybe in their upper back or shoulders. Maybe you don't like any bumps. Uh, whatever it is that you like, there's going to be something about the muscle that often has to be kind of cultivated and created. Uh, meaning, if you just don't lift any weights ever, and you just eat for fat loss, you'll kind of end up like a skinny little stick. And that actually is what some people want to look like. Awesome. I've helped those clients. They're happy as hell. Great. Other clients, when they say a toned look, 
there's often an assumption of some amount of muscle mass that would be different than the average person. It's a little more visible than the average person, maybe even a little bit bigger than the average person's muscles. So the average person, for example, has a pretty flat butt. But if you don't want a flat butt, you got to build that butt. you got to build your glutes. The average person has pretty frumpy-looking, narrow shoulders and a rounded upper back. If you don't want frumpy, narrow shoulders and a rounded back, we got to build the shoulders up. We have to fix our posture. There are going to be some components that we have to do muscularity-wise that aren't just naturally there. So this is why we have to train for strength, muscle growth, and fat loss. And then as you're training for strength, once you're strong enough, stop doing that. <laughs> just do what you need to maintain it. As you're training for muscle growth, once they're big enough, stop doing that. Just train what you need for maintenance. Once you're getting lean enough, stop doing that. Just do what you got to do for maintenance. So you would work towards getting stronger, work towards getting bigger muscles, work towards getting leaner. And then whenever you're happy with where you are in each of those avenues, you would just hold and maintain. So <laughs> what I want to talk about is how we do that. When somebody says, they, they don't want too big of muscles. And then they hear me say, well, we're going to train for muscle growth. That seems 100% countering to what you just told me. So if a client says, I don't want bigger muscles, I'm like, great, we're going to train for bigger muscles. <laughs> what the hell? Were you not just listening to me? <laughs> like, is this a joke? Um, what we're actually going to be training is another way of saying it, and a more accurate way of saying it is, we're going to be training for shape. We're going to be shaping your body, which means that some muscles are going to get bigger and some muscles are going to kind of stay the same. An example of this is for someone to go from a typical average body that doesn't exercise at, like regularly at all uh, to a toned look. We're going to want to focus on shoulders, upper back, and glutes. We actually want to build the shoulders, the upper backs, and the glutes. The upper backs, you don't have multiple, but <laughs> I'm there. So shoulders, upper back, no S, and glutes is we have to build those. But we're not going to try to build out your lats. We don't want big, thick, wide back. We don't want that. And we're not going to try to build your thighs. We don't want big, massive thighs. If you want a toned look, you're, even males, you're typically not really going to want your lats to grow. And you don't want your thighs to be kind of any larger than they need to be to have good rounded glutes and a nice kind of differential between your waist. What I mean by that is if your waist is thick, you want to have large enough legs that it looks like they match the waist or slightly bigger than the waist because that makes the waist look smaller. If you have a very thin waist, then there's no reason for us to bulk out your legs and give you that look that you're telling me you don't want. So I will not grow someone's muscles bigger than they want. One of the best ways and the greatest thing about that is it can't freaking happen any faster than I'd want it to anyhow. And it can't happen any faster than they'd want it to. So we would grow, grow our muscles, but in order to make sure we don't grow too large or grow to a thickened state that they wouldn't like, we're actually going to be doing shaping, which means we're growing some muscles and not other muscles. And then the reason why we have to do strength is if someone is weak to the point that our typical shaping muscles, like our shaping movements, our shaping exercises, 
if they're not going to be effective because somebody isn't strong enough to use a significant amount of weight, then we do have to do strength movements. We have to do larger kind of compound movements. So for example, if I typically want to grow someone's shoulders, upper back, and glutes, but I don't want to make their arms thicker, their lats bigger, or their thighs thicker, I'm probably not going to do many presses. I'm not going to do many chest presses or overhead presses. I'm certainly not going to do arm isolation movements. We're not going to do a bunch of heavy curls and tricep movements. And we're probably not going to do heavy squats or heavy leg press movements or hack squats and things like that. What we're typically going to do is smaller, more isolated movements uh, or movements where if it's a whole body, it's like compound kind of body weight stuff. Now, if somebody's too weak, though, and ladder raises, for example, they can only use five or eight pound ladder raises, that's not going to do anything. Unfortunately, that's just not heavy enough of a resistance to actually tear apart the muscle to create the damage, create the shape that we want. If they can only use five, eight, maybe even only 10 pounds on ladder raises, it's not enough. So then we may actually add overhead presses or inclined angle presses. For stronger clients, I'm not going to do those because they'll grow their triceps. For weaker clients, I will do those because we need them to get stronger for the other movements like the shaping movements like lateral raises to actually be effective. How we balance that though is we pre-exhaust. We would do whatever they could do for lateral raises first and then we would do the presses. So this ensures that their shoulders are fatigued going into the presses. So when they reach failure during the presses, they'll reach failure because the shoulders are maxed out not because the triceps are maxed out. So the triceps are going to get some stimulus causing some growth, but they're not going to get maximal stimulus, therefore they're not going to outgrow the shoulders. So the triceps might have to grow a smidge in order for the shoulders to grow to where we want them to be. And typically, if somebody's that weak, they have room for the triceps to grow without them looking overly thick. So this is the fun of when you understand pre-exhaust and how to pair together compound movements and isolation movements. You can use compound movements safely and still stay within your goal of not getting too bulky. Legs, for example. You want to do a lot of glute work, just an insane, stupid amount of glute work. <laughs> but you have to be very careful with thigh-based movements. So an example is I, I wouldn't typically program wide stance leg press because it's gonna thicken the adductors, that creates a much thicker thigh, and that would make like a kind of a chunky look, that if people want a toned body, that's not the look they want. But we would maybe do narrow, low stance on the leg press, because that grows the quad sweep, not the adductors. And that does match a toned look. But we'd always wanna do the leg press pre-exhausted. You know, maybe we've already done a bunch of body weight circuit stuff, like different types of lunges, different types of like glute kickbacks and, and different uh, hip thrusts and whatnot. So we might have done a whole bunch of body weight stuff. And then we went to the leg press. So that way we don't, we don't go to the leg press and end up having to overly load the body to where assisting muscles start to get thicker when we don't want them to. So it's better for us to use movements like uh, Romanian deadlifts, stiff leg deadlifts, lunge variations, step-up variations, things that will use the thigh, but they also use the glutes, and they use a, a medium to lighter weight load because that's going to help you shape the glutes and the thighs, but it's not going to overly thicken the thighs. So that's 
a lot of nuances when it comes to exercise selections. But you're gonna be using a lot of isolations. And if you do big heavy compound movements, you're gonna do them at the end or after you do those isolation movements. And we're typically going to look to isolate the shoulders, the back and the glutes, but not the arms, the lats, or the thighs. So that gives you some parameters to go for exercise selection. Now for workout format, that's pretty much the same format I would use with anybody, but little nuances here and there. Uh, we're going to do cardio. Uh, we're going to add the cardio either at the beginning of the workout or at the end of the workout. You spice it up, mix it up just for some variety. I uh, typically won't do anything longer than 20 minutes. I actually mostly just do 10 to 12 minutes with clients. We'll do some interval-based or some increasing intensity. Very rarely is it steady state. That's just boring and a waste of time. So we'll do some type of intervals or some type of like progressive intensity. So one, one example of a progressive intensity is we might do a minute on the treadmill at 1% incline. Then a minute at 2%, a minute at 3%, a minute at 4%, a minute at 5%, a minute at 6%, a minute at 7%, a minute at 8%, a minute at 9%, and a minute at 10% incline. And then they get off. But as the incline increases each minute, as they grow a minute more fatigued, it starts to increase the intensity, increase the intensity, increase the intensity. Then by the end, they're pretty exhausted. We step off. But it's only 10, 11, 12 minutes. Or we do step mill intervals, elliptical intervals. Uh, if they have access to a sled, maybe we'll do some sled sprint stuff. Uh, have some fun with it. But it's typically less than 20 minutes, and at, at more often than not, it's, it's around 10 to 12 minutes. But that's what we'll do. We'll either start to work out with it or end the workout with it. If we start to work out with it, I'm usually more aggressive with my intervals. Uh, if it's at the end, I'm usually less aggressive because they're already exhausted and tired. Then... We would do movement preparation. We have podcast 1112, which is titled The Best Warm-Up Routine. That'll teach you all about how to do the movement preparation. To find an older podcast, if your podcast player doesn't go back that far, you can go to our website, www.brutalirongym.com. Go to the podcast player we have on the homepage. Underneath that are instructions on how to find older podcasts. So podcast 1112, we'll talk about movement prep. But that's the first thing we start with after the cardio, if you do the cardio first. We address shoulder mobility and posture, core bracing and tightness, and then hip mobility. Then we would go into a body weight circuit, and it's typically lower body dominant, burn up a lot of calories, chew up some muscles, and then we would do our weighted movements, and that's when we do the isolations, then some compound movements if we want. Uh, we'll either do them as a circuit if the person is already strong, or we'll do them separate if they're not strong, so that way they can focus on heavier movements, uh, heavier weights in those movements. And then, typically we train the whole body each workout, but it emphasizes is, you know, alternatingly, one body, one workout might be more upper body dominant, the next workout more, might be more lower body dominant, but typically we do the whole body, every workout, and I'll usually aim for three to four times per week, and then if they can do an additional days beyond that, we we'll probably just cardio only, maybe 20 minutes, uh, steady state or a low interval uh, type training. For the exercises uh, that we do, we normally stay between five to 20 reps, on the stuff that we want to get stronger at, we do 5 to 10 reps. Everything else, usually somewhere between 8 to 20 reps. You don't want to do higher reps thinking that that will help, help burn more body fat. That's actually 100% the counter to what will help you burn body fat. What happens is when you train with higher rep ranges, you overly restrict the weight that you can use on that movement. If we can't use a significant amount of weight, 
we don't create a significant amount of muscle stress and tissue damage. The reason why that's significant is we want that stress and we want that tissue damage because then the amount of calories the body has to expend to recover and repair those tissues is greater. So we lift weights to promote fat loss, not just to burn calories. So what that means is I'm, I'm not looking at in the workouts just how many calories I'm burning while I'm in the gym. I want to maximize the calories I'm burning when I'm not in the gym. And in order to do that, we want significant enough weight load that we can create significant muscle damage so our body has to work in a significant way to repair and fix those muscles between workouts. So doing high reps to think that it's helping you get a more toned look, complete opposite. 100% counterproductive to your goal. You're only going to burn calories in the workout, but then you're going to burn significantly less calories between the workouts because you have you weren't able to lift heavy enough to cause significant damage. So you want to actually stay within that 5 to 20 rep range so that way you can lift heavy enough to create significant enough muscle damage. So you're burning calories while you're in the gym, but you're also maximizing the calories you're burning when you're not in the gym. Next, let's look at nutrition. How do we set somebody's nutrition plan up if they want to be more toned. Same, same thing we do with everyone else. <laughs> Is calories, protein, and timing. Calories, uh, typically have them uh, on non-training days be slightly under their maintenance calories. If they're struggling with hunger, I'll have them be at their maintenance. But we would want to be slightly under their maintenance. Then on training days, we actually want to be, again, slightly under the maintenance or actually we can be a little more aggressive into the deficit on training days. Since they burn more calories on training days, sometimes I'll give them small increases on calories on, on training days, but it actually still creates a larger deficit on a training day. So for example, on a training day, I might have, this is actually from one, one of my clients' programs, um, they eat 1,800 to 2,000 calories on a training day, and then she has a non-training day is 1,600 to 1,800 calories. So I'll say that again. Training day, 18 to 2,000. Non-training, 16 to 18,000. So she's eating a 200-calorie range per day. So that way, you know, a little bit of variance here and there. That's, that's the way life is. Uh, but the, the range is 200 calories less on a non-training day. But on the day they're training, they're going to be burning way more than 200 calories in their workout. So... Even though they're eating 200 calories more on that day, they're actually in a greater deficit on a training day than a non-training day. But that tends to work out well because they're active and they're super busy on training days. They have a lot going on, so they don't notice they're hungry and they have less time to eat anyhow. But then on non-training days, they're less active. They have more time, so they'll notice they're hungry. <laughs> so it's easier for them to have less of a deficit on a non-training day since they have more time to eat and more awareness of that they're hungry. But what the fun thing is, this is a little bit of a mental kind of trick, is they see that they're eating less calories on a non-training day. So mentally they're okay with it. That thought of, if I'm not working out, I should be eating less, looks true on paper. So training day, they're going to be eating 200 calories more than a non-training day. Makes sense. On a non-training day, I'm moving less, therefore I should eat less. Makes sense in our brain. 
What actually is happening in reality is they're in a greater deficit on a training day than they're in a, they are in a non-training day. So actually the training day is a greater fat loss effect than the non-training day. But they, they, we need both of them to balance the deficit so we don't create cravings too significant or we don't have significant enough of a deficit to actually promote fat loss. Then protein is usually 0.8 grams per pound of lean body weight, but we want to eventually get them to one gram per pound of lean body weight. What I mean by lean body weight is, let's say somebody weighs 180 pounds, but they really would be happy with how they look at 160. Then I would use the 160 as the reference. That's what I'll use for my calculations. Then for timing, when we have our calories, when we have our protein, is thirds. Divide your day into three sections. So typically we sleep six to eight hours, which means we're awake for 16 to 18 hours. So if you think of 18 hours, the first six hours of the day is the first one-third of the day that you're awake. You want to eat a third of your calories and protein. The second six hours of the day is the second six hours that you're awake. So you want to eat the second third of calories and protein. The final hours of being awake is the final part of the day. So you eat the final one-third of your calories and protein. So that's how we space it out. And then usually I'll throw in a sugar goal of trying to keep sugar under 60 grams per day. That helps control cravings and helps promote healthier uh, food choices. Then from there, we just track what we're doing. We look for consistency. Are they within their nutrition targets? 10 out of 14 days. Ideally, I'd like them to be 11 to 12 out of 14 days. So if we're falling short on calories, why? Can we figure that out? Can we fix it? If we're falling short on protein, why? Can we figure it out? Can we fix it? If we're off on our timing, can we figure it out? Can we fix it? We just problem solve until we get them to the calorie and protein range with the proper timing. Done. Then training, try not to miss workouts. If you miss a workout, maybe it's once a month. You know, crappy month, maybe you'll miss two of those scheduled workouts a month. But we try not to miss workouts. If they're doing that, they're probably going to do pretty well. (laughs) So... If we want to push the scale down more, so maybe we're getting some progress, but they're like, oh, I kind of want to lose more weight. Well, I'll I'll maybe pull back a little on the calories, a smidge, but I will usually increase the training volume. I'll pick larger movements. I'll pick uh, things that can add extra reps or extra sets here or there. I'll look to burn more calories in their training or demand a greater recovery between training. So I'll look to adjust the training first, then bring the calories down if I need to. If the scale's good, but they just want to make faster physical progress, then we try to add to the training volume. If they're only training three days a week, we try to go to four. If they're already training four days a week, can we make it more intense? Can we do more movements? Can we do more stuff in those workouts? So that's the the kind of formula for if you want to be more toned, is we talked about training. Train three to four days a week, full body workouts. You're going to be doing cardio either at the beginning or the end. You're going to do a movement prep circuit, which we said we'll explain in podcast 1112. You do a body weight circuit, which is kind of muscle cardio. And um, you can learn more about that. Let me get you a podcast for that. Um, uh, So in weight training, it might take me a second here to find this one because there's I basically just had to search the podcast history for the word calories, and it's like, oh my gosh, that's going to be a lot of them. (laughs) So we want to burn more calories uh, in our training. So hmm, let me get you a different one because that's taking too long to to find. Uh, So an old one, but a really good one, is podcast 30. 
Yes, that's old. Back in 2018, but it's still accurate. I can't believe that was six years ago. Golly. Um, Podcast 30 is training muscle cardio, how to lose fat without losing muscle. That's a good one because it teaches you kind of that, that concept. And then we also have podcast 497 is a trainer education podcast titled Creating Cardio Within Training. And that'll teach you how uh, you can burn more calories within your training by doing those like bodyweight style circuits. And that helps promote uh, greater muscle damage and greater caloric usage within your workouts. So those would be good podcasts to check out if you want. And then we finish with weighted movements. So again, three to four workouts per week, full body. You can alternate the emphasis of upper body versus lower body. Cardio first or last, movement prep circuit, body weight circuit, then weighted movements. And then we tend to pick isolative movements for the shoulders, upper back, and glutes. We do not want isolative movements for the arms, the lats, or the thighs. And if you do big movements, make sure they're pre-exhausted with isolation movements first. Nutrition, same thing we always do, calories, protein, timing. Calories, you want a slightly under maintenance, so a slight deficit on non-training days, and then a larger deficit on training days. And you want to give yourself a little bit of a range, so about 200 to 400 calorie range per day. There's no way to eat the exact same number of calories every single day. That's ridiculous. So give yourself a little bit of a range. Protein is 0.8 grams per pound of lean body weight, but you want to move that up to one gram as much as soon as you can. Timing, thirds, kind of even your evenly distribute your calories and protein out throughout the day. Keep sugars to under 60 grams per day. There you go. That's the that's the recipe. If you have any questions, if you need anything. Um, there's a lot of opportunities. So one is you can sign up to be a one-on-one client with me. I'll teach you how to do all this stuff specific to your needs, your abilities, your equipment, your schedule. And then you can take with it and run with it on your own. And then we also have now our live monthly programming service. I've actually brought that back. Uh, we had people who did that service before. Um, but the challenge with that is is what I was wanting to do with the live monthly programming was to offer good training programming, but it wasn't personalized. So it's cheaper than getting personalized programming, but it's still very good. It follows the same structures, the same concepts that I would use one-on-one with my clients. It's just written for the general population. So people who are going after this goal, I would say, okay, most of them will have this type of equipment. Most of them will have this type of ability. So this is what we're going to aim for. We do have one of those programs is female shape development. So you can go to our website, www.brutalirongym.com, go to the live monthly programming page. On that page, you can read about that. The program that you'd want to follow for a toned look is the female shape development. What makes this like live monthly programming, why is it live, is there's a a group Q&A document. You can ask any question you want in this Google Doc, and I'll answer it once per week. The reason why I stopped the service before was people were sending me private emails. And I was asking them and encouraging them to please use the document because the service doesn't include one-on-one attention via email. Otherwise, I can't maintain that service at that cost. So if you're going to do the live monthly programming, please do not send me personal emails. Be a one-on-one client if you want one-on-one attention. So I'm bringing it back, but I'm going to be asked that people truly understand that. And we're going to be using the group document for Q&A. So that will allow me to give better help, but it'll keep it at the price range that we want. Uh, 
And then what the other part of it that keeps it live is the programs are written brand new every single month. <laughs> so it's my current up-to-date knowledge. Most programs like this, person wrote it seven years ago and they still sell it today. I don't want to do that. I want to write brand new stuff every single month. So I promise it's brand new. All programs are updated every four weeks, so you get a brand new workouts every four weeks, and every exercise includes a video tutorial so you can learn how to do the movement. So if you want to learn more about that service, you can check it out on our website. And as well, you can check out the one-on-one services page, which talks about the uh, one-on-one type of programming that I would help you with for nutrition and training. So those are the resources that you can access. If you want to have an idea, let's see here. We have free program examples. That's one of the pages on the website. Um, for example, the first program available there is a female. Her goal is fat loss, shaping, and mobility. That would give you some general idea of what the programming would look like if you want to check that out. And then we also have uh, some other programs that are helpful, um, like powerlifting. We have bodybuilding, uh, males and female bodybuilding. We have a program for combining powerlifting and marathons just to show how I personalize the programming and what the programming looks like. You'd be able to check that out on the website as well. So I hope this was helpful. I hope it really gave some broad overview of how you would structure this, but then also detail enough that you can actually get into it and get going with it if you'd like. So if you have any follow-up questions, anything you want to know, just shoot me an email at brutalironjim at gmail.com. I try to answer everyone's emails within two weeks. If you have not heard from me within two weeks, I missed your email, and I apologize. So please email me again. But as of right now, I believe I'm caught up to everybody at every two weeks. Uh, so cool. Email me anytime you need anything. If you like today's podcast, if you like this concept, please let me know. So email me and let me know and say, hey, this is pretty cool. Thank you for doing that. Could you maybe cover this topic? And then also, if you like the podcast, please share it. The more people we share it with, whether it's conversational or on social media, it really does help promote the reach of the podcast so we can help more people. So please share it if you do find the podcast helpful. Throw it up once a month, you know, on your social media. Just if you find an episode that you particularly liked, throw it up on social media, let other people know about it, so that way they can check it out as well. Then if you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. And if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can always find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Gym. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.